Welcome to the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca. We visual people, so this is uh, Kirsty taking a photo of the wave washing out 2018. So uh, it was quite a nice little sequence of, of photos. Um, and yeah, so 2018 is gone and we are preparing for 2019, or we have been preparing. Many of us are into 2019. And um, just as I was um, praying and, and journaling about this year, well, before I get to that, I, w- I want to talk into three things today. Um, the concept of seasons, I want to talk into family and thriving, okay? So those are the, the three things that I want to talk into today. But as I was praying and journaling for this year, because we are about that, we see in a new era, we're very intentional about that as a, um, as a family, seeing out an old season and then entering into a new season. And I was just thinking about this concept of seasons and fresh starts. You know, in, in nature, one season ends and a new season begins, and it ushers in all kinds of new growth, Right? And in many ways, we get to start this new year fresh, with like a blank slate. A new start with an expectation of all kinds of growth. So seasons are a very big deal. God put them in right from the beginning. Genesis, what's it, Genesis 1. um, You know, God establishes the rhythms of seasons for our good. Genesis 1 verse 14 says, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So seasons are a big deal. Sometimes we can poo-poo seasons. Oh, it's seasons. What's this thing? But it's, it's, it's established and it's a, it's a very big deal. It's not one continuous thing. Can you imagine there was no seasons and you started here and things were just same, same, Going, 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 going. No, God established seasons for a very specific, um, a very specific um, purpose. And I think it's built into us. So naturally, um, we respond to new seasons. I was, went on the road this morning, uh, one of my first runs for the year because I've been overseas and, and everything. And there are a lot more people on the road running <laughs> now than what they were in December, right? Or in November. <laughs> Um, also, we went past uh, Builder's Warehouse yesterday, and we like to quickly grab some and keep the kids in the car, and I couldn't get a parking. Just like DIY, gym, all of people responding and starting things in the new season, right? And um, yeah, I think it's not going to be the same in three months from now. The road's going to be a bit quiet. Gym's going to be a bit quieter, you know? And so I really want us to consider this thing of not getting into a new season with hype but with the concept of sustainability. What we start now must be sustainable. Um, And so we get a blank slate, but very much on the back of many victories and also many failures. It's not just like brand new start. There's a foundation that's been set, right? And so our victories and our failures form part of our story. And we need to embrace that. Um, We consider the past, both our failures and victories, but we understand that they lay the platform for growth. I'm just amazed at how 
the Lord is always calling us into more, always calling us into blessing. It's never stagnation, right? And so we get the, the privilege of that foundation of our victories and our, our failures, but we get the privilege of starting a new season fresh as well. And so we need to, to weigh those in, in balance. We get to plant new crops, so to speak. And as I said, a new uh, season ushers in all kinds of new growth. So if you consider a garden, um, a season change from winter to spring, a whole bunch of new things happen. You know, we, we need to consider the past on what we planted and that what, what did well and what grew well um, in, our, in our past season. And then we need to think about the things that didn't do so well. And we get the opportunity to tend to those and to consider that and say, okay, that didn't do so well in that last season. How am I going to tend to it in, in this season? And we also get the opportunity to pluck things out and we get the opportunity to put new things in. And so that's the fresh opportunity of a new season. It's not just, oh, that's a New Year's resolution, you know, and, and poo-poo it away. It's not about a resolution. It's about the very deliberate um, action and decision of rooting out and planting on the back of this foundation of, our, of what the Lord is actually, what is our story our, of the past. And so we cannot act in a, a new season the same way we did in a previous season. And the ultimate season, which is probably not a season, it's more of an era change, is us moving from old covenant to new covenant, right? So in one way, um, having moved from old covenant to new covenant, it's, not, it's an unending season. In the natural, we go through all these kinds of seasons. But in our spirit, in our soul, it's always springtime with him. You know that song, that's always springtime with you? You make all things new. And people have battled with that over the thing. It's like, oh, then you just, like, I'm going through a tough time. Is there something wrong with my, no, no, we go through tough times. Even Jesus says we go through tough times. But with him, where we are seated, it is always springtime. There's always an expectation and a um, a reason for, for celebration, for growth, for expectation of more. And um, so I think you've probably all given a, some thought to what this year holds for you. Um, most of us do in the beginning of the year, your hopes, your dreams, what you would like to see established in your lives this year. But I really want to encourage you to look out for others, okay? How can you uh, spur others onto more? So what does John have in store for, uh, sorry, what does God have in store for John this year, you know? Ask the Lord for John, what has he got in store for him, you know? Or is there um, some sort of a prophetic word for Elaine that we can, you know, you see that, she's doing this from the back. <laughs> she needs that, we want that, you know? Or you know, tell Rowan how handsome he is. <laughs> no, I'm joking, but not really. <laughs> we need to build each other up. We are built for community. And so I'm really this, I'm putting this under the concept of, of family. We, we need to consider family um, in going into a new year and hold out hopes and dreams for our family, this family and beyond. Um, because 
you know, we were designed to be outward focused. I think it's in our very design and nature, even the Great Commission, go out and make disciples of all nations. It just works when we are, uh, when we are uh, focusing outwards. And when we focus outwards, things just click into place. Have you ever become completely self-introspective and it just it becomes weird? We're not designed to be isolated. We are designed to share ourselves um, in, in community. And when you thrive, it's good. But when we thrive together, it's just kingdom. So good. Can I say that again? When you thrive, it's wonderful. It's good. But when we thrive together, it's kingdom. And I don't know if you remember, Kirsty brought a word, and I think Shane as well, if I'm not mistaken, about uh, trees, the growing of trees. You know, each tree in itself, if you look at a redwood forest, it's, it's amazing and it's, it's powerful and it's, 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 it's amazing, each and every, every tree, and it contains these ecosystems of all kinds of life, each tree, but they all knitted together in their root system. They need each other to, to thrive and to, to work together. And so for our family, oh, I've actually got you, thanks. Um, one of the ways we approach the new year is we ask the Lord for a new, for a word. So we're asking like, you know, Maddie's, Jude's not really there yet. She doesn't really do that. But Maddie, Mila, Kirsty, myself, we're all very much asking the Lord, like, what is a word that is going to be for this next year? Because he often does things in seasons, right? And he put the years in place, and so he often does things in annual seasons. Not always, but often. And two of the, the words that I got uh, this year was, was home and thrive. And so I wanted to speak into to two of those things. Um, and so I just wanted to be an encouragement. Wait, when we get through this. Um, I'm going to skip this part. I think if we think about home, I went back to our website where we've got our core values, and one of them is, um, oh, no. You can be in charge, babe. This is such yeah? a complicated Just put in my password. Um, just put onto our, our, I just did a, a, a screenshot from our website where um, family is a big deal. It's one of our core values, right? So I just wanted to read that to you. If it's not up yet, oh, it's probably a bit small. You can zoom. <laughs> Command plus. Um, it starts with, it's, it's probably going to be too, too small for you to see. But it starts with the... <laughs> yeah. See, the Lord's always got more for... Yeah. It starts with, like, we've got a quote from Jonathan Helser saying, the more heaven comes to earth, the more earth looks like family. And we've written there, the Holy Spirit draws us into family, where we get to champion each other's hearts to live whole, to be known, and to pursue the dream of living the life we were created to live. We don't just follow Jesus as individuals only, but as a family of believers, consumed with his love, power, and presence. We long to see others come home through Jesus to the Father. And I didn't realize, uh, it's been a while since I read that, probably half a year since I read that part, so I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about that. But when I was praying into this year, I, write, I wrote down in the, my journal, 
that we are going to bring many home in 2019. Not me, we are going to bring many home in 2019. And so what does it mean to be home? You know, the, the definition of home is a place where you live permanently. That's if you go to the dictionary, that's the definition of home. And obviously we know when we receive Jesus, we come home permanently, right? Nothing can separate us from Jesus when we become a new creation. Nothing can separate us. I don't know if you remember my illustration from sometime last year when I mixed the, the blue and the red in those two jars and it became purple, you know? I'm saying you can't separate. We become a new creation. We become a new color when we get saved and we get united with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're home already, right? So for me, I am super excited for this year to see people being introduced to their father for the very first time. I think when you realize the value of the gospel and what that is, that pearl of great price, this amazing thing, when you see the value of that, and you see people that don't have that, they think they're okay, and they, but you can see they're desperately sad, you know. They, I can't wait for people to be introduced to people, uh, to their father for the very first time, for them to come home. And so for, for that, and then also for this community to grow with people that have never known salvation. But home, I feel, is also a word for us, okay? A place, definition, a place where one lives permanently, now, as I said, of course you are home permanently, but there's also a difference between a house and a home. You know, many people live in a house, but it, it never becomes a home for them. It's never a place of, of safety, um, of, of refuge, and of intimacy. And um, I, I've just come back, I arrived back on Friday, I was away for eight nights. Uh, from the family. I was in Israel for a business trip. And um, two nights before I came home, um, I phoned Kirsty and we were just catching up. And she said, oh, what Jude said the other night. So she told me this, this story that they're lying in bed. They're in home, they're upstairs. And Jude said, mom, what, what did he say? I'm looking forward. I want to come go home. You know, I want to go home. So Kirsty said, but boy, we are home. And he said, yes, but it doesn't feel like home when daddy's not here, you know? <laughs> it's like one of those things that really like melts a dad's heart, you know? It's like, oh, another two nights and I'm going to, can't wait now, let's get there, you know? But there's something about that, that you can be there. And, you know, maybe you are feeling like that this afternoon. You know, you, you've, you are saved, you know God, but there's something that just doesn't feel right. There isn't that closeness, that intimacy, that knowing that your dad is right there. Not far off, he's right there. He's not a far off God. He's a close right up in your face, yeah. on his lap, arms around you, um, intimate God. And so, um, yeah, it's a place where we get to live permanently. And so I just wanted to read two scriptures, John six fifty six. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. There's two scriptures on abiding. Abides in me and I in him. So as I've said, when you accept Jesus, you are at home in him and nothing can change. 
But then in John 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so for me, that word abides in this context here has a different context. It has a different meaning to the abides in John 6. Um, you see, when we turn our, our salvation from a house that just shelters us to a home where we are nourished, we bear much fruit. And that's why I'm saying it's a word for, for all of us. Because being saved and bearing fruit are not synonymous. All of the benefits are set out for you. The feast is set out for you. You know, it's all available to us, but they're not synonymous. And so I know you can, you can be saved and not bear fruit, right? I think we can all identify with that. You know, it's just it's our story. We've like gone through times where we know we're not bearing fruit. And, <clears throat> but I love the fact that we have been invited in to enjoy all the benefits of salvation. And I just feel like when we are present at home, we, it's like we bring heaven to earth and then we can, uh, we can thrive and, fl and flourish. And so the next, the next word was, um, that I felt for this year was thrive. Now, I don't want you to reduce it down, and I think we have a tendency to do that, to reduce it down to money and things. That means if I'm thriving, things are just like going fantastically well, and we're looking at, at money and things. And so as I speak into this, please catch yourself from reducing it to that, because I think you're selling yourself short if that's the only thing that you're wanting to, 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 to go after. You know, what about thinking like things like your, your family, when you think of the word thrive and flourish, your family, your marriage, your relationships, um, your, your body, you know, your health, your inner world, your, um, your church, your city, your community, your business, you know. Think about every aspect of your life because that's where the Lord wants to, to, to thrive you, you know, in um, the defining thrive would be to grow or develop well or vigorously or other synonyms to flourish, to prosper, to blossom, to advance. Those sound like kingdom words, right? All of those things. We want to embrace that. We want to flourish. We want to advance. This is an advancing kingdom. He has called us to advance. So um, I was going to read a whole bunch of like just, I was just studied the, the word prosper and flourish through the Old Testament. And it always went, it was like when the Lord was with him, he promised he would flourish and he would prosper his people. Um, and that was when they turned towards him, he like, his mercy flowed and he flourished them and he prospered them. And, but yeah, Kirsty said it was going to get a bit long. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I skipped it down and I reduced it down to, Deuteronomy 30 verse 9, for the Lord will again take delight in prospering you as he took delight in your fathers. Friends, he takes delight in prospering us. That's scripture. That's under the Old Testament. The Lord will again take delight in prospering you. How amazing is that? And then just uh, uh, John, I'm sure you've all read John, uh, 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. 
Our soul prospers. We're in the New Testament. We're in a new era. We're prospering. It's always springtime. But Paul prays here that our, just as our soul prospers, that we would prosper in all things and in health. I don't know why he differentiates those two, but our, our calling is to prosper in all things. And thriving is not connected to the macro external environment. You cannot, associate, you cannot try and overlap and say, okay, my external environment needs to be ready so that I can thrive and prosper. Does that make sense? Your, the, the external conditions cannot be the t- determining factor. But to the position, or well, your position towards water, excuse me, or nourishment, um, and the condition of the soil, that's what causes you to prosper. Okay, which we have complete control over. So the, the point of this is, is that don't wait for external conditions to line up before you feel like, okay, 2019 can be a year that I can actually prosper. We've established briefly a basis that that's your, that's your inheritance to prosper. Now I want to caution you to wait like, oh, well, this and this and this isn't going wrong. Waiting for external conditions before we, um, before we prosper. Now, as I said, I've just come back from a trip to Israel and um, we landed morning one and our business partners there always take us on a, a trip. So we went for about two and a half, three days, just road tripping throughout Israel. And it was, it was amazing. But you're just amazed at the, the country. It's not very big. It's like, I think it's 21,000 square kilometers, like slightly bigger than the Kruger Park. Nine million people almost. And a huge amount of it is desert, right? So in many ways, they're not, there's not a lot of stuff that's set up to flourish. And that became quite... Claire, don't you want to go on to the... Um, Sorry, so, I have IT so we, we drove through, um, headed up, went past Jerusalem and head down into the desert. And um, obviously mine is also lacking. No, something's gone wrong. Anyway, I'm not going to hold it up here, but... I wanted to show you, don't you want to try and just re-can, force quit or something? I just wanted to show you, so going through the, 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 that area, like you drive down, you head out of, down out of Jerusalem, down in towards the Dead Sea, and it's just desert. I mean, there's just, nothing grows there. I mean, it's just, it's dry sand, you know? Oh, just some photos. Thanks, Sean. Um, and so I want to show you just the next, the next pic of, that's like from the car window, snapshot, nothing is growing there. It's desolate, right? There are not conditions for things to grow. And um, I was amazed by two things. They deliberately took us to, not link to our business, but just for, for interest's sake, because Israelis are very proud <laughs> of their country. Um, we went into the desert where they have learned technology on how to grow things in that place because there's nothing and also we went to a research and development center for renewable energies because we drove all the further south you can get to Elat on the Red Sea and in between it's just desert and to get electricity down there is like really tough 
And so, innovate, you know, difficult conditions spark innovation, right? So, we were full, faced with many difficult conditions as we go into 2019, many of us. Not ideal conditions, but in that place, we can learn how to, how to thrive. And so, yeah, the, so the, the first place we, we went to was like, um, I want to see if I've got an, is there another one here? So, so this is desert, right? They've learned how to grow palms. One of their biggest exports is dates, which are really, Song of Songs comes alive to me when I was eating these lovely, like luscious, not these dried up ones we get here, but these lovely medjool dates that you get there. But one of their biggest exports is, um, is palm trees. And so they've, it doesn't just grow there, they had to make it grow there. There's, they've gone through a huge amount of innovation and research in terms of replacing just a top, tiny part of the top layer of the soil, soil, drip irrigation, which is an Israeli invention, and these things are growing and thriving in the middle of the desert, these, these palms. Okay, but okay, yeah, palm tree with thing, maybe that you could get that going. But then above from that, they are growing tomatoes, they took us into one of their, um, one of their sections in, in the, the greenhouses that they've created there. And I mean, literally, it's like kicking. You do this and sand goes like that. They've replaced a little channel of 100 mil deep worth of good soil in this. Amazing. And only at each and every, uh, 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 this is one season's growth, by the way. At each and every stalk in the ground, there's a drip irrigation that goes next to every stalk. And the fertilizer also flows through the drip irrigation. So they're not wasting water. They're giving nourishment to every individual things. And it's just crazy, like aubergines like that. And so they've learned a way on how to flourish in a desert season, you know. They were faced with that. And this is what they've done, right? And so it was just an incredible inspiration of how you take a really bad environment and flourish introducing bees and, you know, the, instead of using pesticides, they've, they, they go with uh, aeroplanes and drop little bugs that have been sterilized. Poor chaps. <laughs> <laughs> just enough so that uh, they won't, it just keeps things in balance with uh, the way the bugs, because you need the bugs, but not too much. So they've just taken a dry and thirsty land and learned how to flourish. And so I just felt like that's something that we can really, that we can really learn from. Um, and so, yeah, that's where dates come from, obviously. And, um, sorry, let me just open up my computer here. And so I was just like really inspired by that to say, wow, Lord, like, how can we not wait for these things to line up? in 2019, you know, to blame all the things that are going wrong and, you know, my business is struggling and there's this and there's this relationship and there's, there's that and it's just not ideal. You know, there is a way in the Lord. He calls us, if we would spend time at home hearing him speak over us, speak identity, we will, um, we will flourish. Um, I love Psalm 92, verse 12 to 15. The righteous, which is us, right? We are the righteous now. Shall flourish like a palm tree. Uh -huh. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. 
They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. There is no unrighteousness in him. And we are transplanted into his heavenly courts and we get to flourish. So I just wanted to, can we stand? I wanted to just finish off with reading another two scriptures and then... Yeah, just two beautiful scriptures that just tie some of these things that I've been saying together. First is uh, Psalm 68, verse 6, that God settles the solitary or the lonely in a home and he leads out the prisoners to prosperity. And that is us. We were all prisoners. We are no longer prisoners. But he's leading us out into this place of prosperity where we get to bear fruit. Psalm 92 Verse 12 to 14. Yes, look how you've made all your lovers flourish like palm trees. This is a passion translation of that other scripture I've just read. Look how you've made all your lovers to flourish like palm trees, each one growing in victory, standing with strength. You've transplanted them into your heavenly courtyard where they are thriving before you. In your presence, they will still overflow and be anointed. Even in their old age, they will stay fresh, bearing luscious fruit and abiding fruitfully. We are called to abide and be at home. Listen to them. With pleasure, they still proclaim, you're so good. You're my beautiful strength. And I think we, we probably all have areas that we feel like we are maybe withering in and that needs a bit of nourishment and um, is ready to receive fresh oil. Yeah. Earlier in that psalm, verse 10, your anointing has made me strong and mighty. You've empowered my life for triumph mm-hmm. by pouring fresh oil over me. So can we just close our eyes and just trust that the Lord will pour fresh oil over you right now. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca.ca.